We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fellas, let's get to some questions here. We got some people, so a lot, some super chats and some questions. Uh, it's funny, you know, the super chats are always a lot bigger when they win or when they lose. They lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right. when they lose. Yeah, well, if they would have beat Ohio so, State. I think it would have been pretty big. But I, I will. Yeah. You know. Well, by the time the show finally started at three o'clock in the morning, but sure. Uh, <laughs> Ian that. Johnson was super chat. Ian, thank you. Those were the two most exciting non tos <laughs> I've ever seen. Not wrong. Yes, they it was not wrong, and it was funny. Um. Like it was clearly he threw the ball, right? Like I, I'm, I'm never, I, I, I hate that. Like my dad's a former umpire and he's kind of has his opinions. Like, well, you know, just let it play. And he's like, no, make the call, make the right call. You know what I mean? Like it was clear that he threw the ball. I don't know yes, why they let the whole thing go. It was, but whatever. Uh, I, I, I but, don't know yeah. if complete pass to be honest with you, but yeah. you know they ended up making the right call. But right. yeah, it was either going to be grounding or a sack. Is in my Correct. opinion, is yes. what I thought it was going to be. Agreed. Yeah. AST one two three two one. I'm glad we didn't get hit with that app state ending. App yeah, could you imagine if I, Mary? I don't know if you yeah. saw that today. They did. Today. Yeah. Oh, wow. Beat Troy to beat Troy. Wow. That's yeah. uh that's a little wild. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the scores right now because when we're done with our part of the show, there's some scores today that are not making much sense to me, fellas. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone should start their day with a great cup of coffee. And for my family, that means the latest blend from Trade Coffee. My wife loves Trade Coffee. And when my parents were in town for the Notre Dame season opener, I turned them on to Trade Coffee as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. The coffee we got from Trade was superb. My wife is very picky with her coffee. I've told you that before, so I trusted Trade Coffee and had her fill out their quiz. They sent us three different blends, and they batted a thousand. We received the Holmes Blend from Sparrow Coffee in Michigan, the Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York, and the Black Velvet from Atomic Roasters in Massachusetts. That's our collection, and trust me, we're adding to it. But if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched with coffees you'll love. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping at drinktrade.com slash irish. That's drinktrade.com slash irish for $30 off. Try it out today. Uh, Jonathan Smith with Super Chat. Do you think we figured out our identity on offense after today? Uh, I'm going to say this, guys, and if anyone wants to disagree with me, please do. No. They are still going to have to learn their identity because they can't be this team every single game the rest of the way. Correct. They may make a bowl game that way, but they're not going to go. They're not going to beat the team. All the teams are supposed to beat. You cannot dink and dunk your way to nine straight wins, guys. Right. And that yep. should be the goal. That should be the standard. They they started to figure out who they are, but no. Let me. They started to to, to play to who they want to be. They started right. to show who yep. they want to be, but there's another level of not just execution, but schematically they got to get to. So. Did they figure out their identity today? Today, No, I think they know what their identity is. It's going to have to adapt to Drew Pine. They want to be a team that dominates in the trenches. They they got closer to that today. Now they got to figure out some of that other stuff. Agree or disagree with that, guys? I agree. I, I think that you more you got a good understanding of especially what they want to be as a running team, right? Like you saw, I think, kind of like functionally how you want to run the football from a structural perspective passing wise, I mean, I said it in the beginning, Brian, right? Like, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't just boxes are going to get crowded. You're going to be playing better front sevens at points and they're going to be able to shut down the run game, at least limit it. Right. Like we've seen that. So I think that you saw hints of what you want to be, but especially in the passing game, I don't think you have any full understanding of what you want to be in the passing mm-hmm. game. Let's go to the next one here, fellas. We have another super chat from Michael Burke. With the uh, 20, I love this super chat of 2417. That's beautiful. Love His that. last one was 20 point 22. So I like that too. Very creative with your super chats, Michael. Yeah, no First doubt. win of the Marcus Freeman era. 
go Irish. Yes. Love the positivity. Yeah. I mean, and that's the, that's the cool thing. I mean, look, you got, this is the thing we don't know guys. How is this team going to respond and how's the head coach going to respond now that, that monkey's off his back? Yeah. You know, absolutely. and so that's a huge monkey. I mean, yeah. when you figured you were going to walk, just walk into a win last week and then it's like, okay, nothing's guaranteed well, at this point. Like now you, you had what, eight, nine months of between your first game and then you get nine months to prepare for Ohio state. That doesn't go well. You think you've got Marshall, like you said, as the losses kept piling up, there more and more pressure on him to win. Now that's off. You got that W, right? Now it's okay. Got the first win of the Marcus Freeman era out of the way. Now it's time to go play ball. And I'm curious to see what this team is going to do next. I really am. But, yes, it was cool to be there for that. Because I was actually – so it's now two head coaches in a row that I've been able to be there for their first win. So I was at the Purdue game in 2010, which was pretty cool. So that was the first – my first Notre Dame home game that I got to, or first Notre Dame game I ever covered was the home game, home opener in 2010 against Purdue, which was the first one of Brian Kelly's tenure. So, there so you your go. good luck. Your good luck is what you're saying. I think so. Uh, yeah. A lot of bad crap losses in between. So, uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> but I'm just going to focus on the first wins. No, not not good luck at all. Gregory Perez with a super chat. Gregory says Notre Dame does what they did today against Cal. They will keep games close. Do you think Pine? Can take advantage of a weak D against North Carolina. I have look, Gregory up. Let me let me dive into film first. I, I would can he? Yes. Will he? No clue. They're gonna have to. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, another maybe. conversation, I think, though. <laughs> I think the three of us could take advantage of the defense against North Carolina. So I, I mean, I do think they can take advantage of it. Can they right. take advantage of it enough to get yeah. the win? Can, can, can they? Yes. Will they? Right, exactly. Find out. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, exactly. We will find out. All right, let's next super chat here from uh, Relly Q. Cheers to these boys not throwing in the towel after the first two weeks, especially Mayor on the sidelines encouraging the team. Yeah, there's somebody was asking about like when is Mayor gonna, you know, do the whole uh, you know leave for the draft and all that stuff. I don't see any sense. The only way that I mean for the bowl game, yeah, sure. Like I, the odds of them having Michael Mayer for a bowl game this year are slim to none at this point in time, right? (laughs) I mean. Let's, let's you know, because be they're not going to be in the playoff, which is it is right. What it is. But let's be honest. What's the best thing that Michael Mayer can do for his draft stock right now? Block somebody on. Well, games. just keep making plays. I mean, hey, just be a leader. No. I mean, all that stuff's going to play. All of it's going to play into it. No doubt. No doubt. I, I wasn't I, I really did like, though. I mean, Brian, we talked a lot last week about, you know, using your frustration in a better way. Compared, talking about like Jer- the Jared Patterson thing. Right. When Michael Mayer got that ball that was completely overthrown to him, he came on the sideline. He was hot. Right. But he was hot, encouraging yeah. Drew Pine. Right. Yeah. So like using his his emotions right. the right way is what I saw out of that situation. Yeah. So I like that. That's what a leader should do. Right. Yeah. I know you're pissed off. You wanted that ball, but you can either rip your quarterbacks behind, which everyone else is doing, or you can, you know, Hey man, you know, let's, let's go, buddy. You got to make that play. I believe in you, that kind of thing, you know? So everything good, Vince, did something happen? Just as did the game just, sorry, I was watching LSU Mississippi state okay. and, uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Mississippi state's choking that one away. They had a, yeah. Basically a, a kick return touchdown called back. And then the very next play drops a first down anyway. It's Mississippi State, man. Uh, Benjamin Weiss, I'm riding with y'all, taking Texas A&M in the NIL Bowl. That would obviously be – he's picking Texas A&M tonight against Miami in the NIL Bowl. It's really funny. It's really well played. Really well played. Um, I didn't see this guy. So a lot of people said this. Tyler Evans says, was that offsides on Cal? I actually looked it up, and I no. there, there's some highlights on YouTube. 
Didn't look like it was offsides to me. Yeah. I, I have to now, say. Now, who'd they call it on? Was it a guy lined up offsides? Did they call somebody yeah. lined up offsides? They said he was offsides. Uh, they didn't really specify. Uh, Brian, they, they, they showed it on the screen about 10 to 15 times, and I did not see anybody see really offsides. Really I'll call it even since they had two yeah. long passes instead of touchdowns true. off clear not draw, not catches. The first yeah. one wasn't even close. I can't even believe it. I can't believe they called the first one a catch, period. Like, live. It was so obvious that that was not a catch. Correct. The yeah. second one I thought was a catch live, and then you saw later that the right. ball just clearly hit the ground and you didn't have control of it. But uh, so we'll yeah, call it even. Call it even. I agree even. with that. Yep. And it's still Notre Dame still owes them one because they got two touchdowns off of that crap. So because uh, the other the second penalty they had that set up a Notre Dame touchdown was a clear targeting on the yeah. cow kid. Those those two both of those targeting calls. Work. That's the target, target kind of targeting call for me that I'm like, I'm okay with that being targeting. I'm okay with that being an injection. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like the hit from, from the, the cow kid on Drew Pine was incredibly unnecessary. 51. Yeah. And violent. Yeah. Like yeah. not violent, not violent, dangerous. Mm-hmm. And the hit that JD Bertrand had on the receiver that, that was unnecessary and dangerous. That kid clearly is not a factor for the ball anymore. You had to take several steps to him after it was obvious he was not making a play for the ball anymore. That's just not a kind of hit I want to see, you know, yeah. and uh, from a captain, you know, from a captain. So mm-hmm. now you're not going to have him the first. So like stuff like that, like, man, that just burns me it was, up. It was a frustrating play, man. It was. It was. Christopher Federico with a super chat. Thank you, Christopher. I love to see a stat on how many third and fives or less we had false starts on this year. I mean, it's several. I mean, just in this game, oh, at alone, least three, right? Yeah, at least had, three. You hey. had the one. You had the one last week on third and three, yep. right? You had one today on the first drive, a third and three by Braden Lindsay. You had a third and four on – so he said third and five or less. You had a third mm-hmm. and four on Blake Fisher. Still should have completed that because on the next play was the scene throw to Michael Mayer that they that just flat out missed. Then the next series you have a drop by Lorenzo Styles on a wide open crosser route. Where he ca- does, he run, does he catch and run that one, Ryan? I thought he does. I thought he at, I mean, at least for like 60 yards, but he's going to at least get eight to 10 yards on that one. I, I, I think it might have been more than that. Like, he would you could you could tell me that he would have got 20, 25 yards and be like, yep, sounds about right, man. Then like, he had a next, lot of room. Yeah. Then your next drive, you fumble the freaking snap. This is what Notre Dame, this is what, and they won. Right. First drive, third and one, false start on third and one on a quarterback sneak. You, 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 you don't get it. Next down, three, typical, normal three and out, right? Third mm-hmm. series. Third and four, false start on your right tackle. Next drive, your seam, your tight end's wide open. You miss them. Fourth series, third and five, and your that was one of those plays, guys. Where Sean, you were talking about earlier, that was the one I have down here. I said an angle and an end, both open, no throw. Uh, then you get third and five. Drew Pine gets the ball where he needs to go, and Lorenzo just drops it. Next series, fumbled the snap, gave the ball to Cow. Next series, after that, Notre Dame finally goes down and scores, like. And they still won. That's right. the thing is like, Terrible you know, start. yes. And, and you just, you, you, and they, they benefited a little bit because again, that's the series where they had the offsides and the missed field goal. So it's just, it was like, here we go again, but they took advantage of that mistake and they kind of rolled after that, you know, I mean, they, that's when they kind of got rolling a little bit. So yeah. yeah, hopefully it's the spark of many things. Stephen F where is Tobias? It's clear. We need a wide receiver. Agree. He played today, but not a ton. Yeah. Wasn't targeted. Was just kind of out there. Step yep. in the right direction. You got on yep. the field. It is a step in the right direction. I mean, I, baby steps, I guess. Yep. Sean, here you go. This is kind of along the lines of what you brought up earlier from Remington Jeans. 
Am I crazy in thinking bringing Henderson up at linebacker for some plays would help? I mean, Sean, that's kind of. That's the kid's strength, you know, as Ryan talked about the action is fast and furious near the, you know, near the line of scrimmage. And he seems to be able to work in that environment where like, let me go. What am I doing? Am I blitzing? Is this my, is the running back my guy? Like anytime it seems like he has, you know, open field and he's put in man-to-man coverage, he struggles a little bit, right? Right. At that safety position. But anytime he has a clear assignment, like, dude, he's game busters. Like put him in position to be successful. And if it's a rotation with someone else, whether it's in nickel or at Rover or whatever it is, Make it happen. It's the same thing for Maris. Like, okay, he might not be the guy in, at will. Go get Junior yeah. and start putting him in advantageous positions where he can rush the passer off the edge, which is giving rest to somebody else, you know, in those positions on third downs. And maybe you can go NASCAR on third downs where you put him, Jason Adamiola, Riley, and Foskey all in there. Or you – for heaven's sake, Stan Foskey yeah. up. So you're saying like when they go to like their dime package, basically, Sean, when it's like third nine, you know they're throwing the ball. Yeah. 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 Why not? And then give Isaiah different things. You can treat Isaiah like I'm not – because I don't want Ryan to roll his eyes right here because I'm not comparing these two guys. I, I, I would never roll my eyes at you, Sean. I would never do that. <laughs> no, no, not at me, but just at the, at, oh. at the, at the word. Like, but – Put him in a position to stand up in different fields. Like, Will Anderson doesn't always come off the edge. Mm-hmm. There are certain passing situations where he stands up and chooses which gap he wants to blitz from and let him go after the quarterback. It's like, if you're going to be creative, because we've seen Al Golden for some reason at strange times during a game all of a sudden go to a three-man front. Like, I don't know what causes him to go to a three-man front, but he does it. And it's like, okay, why – Why'd you go to it there? I mean, if you're going to be creative, at least have the guys out there that are going to be in position to be able to be impactful. Yeah, That's that's I, all I'm asking for. I would have had Foskey on Brian Driscoll about six or seven times tonight. Dude, yes. you're about to strike my last nerve. <laughs> Wait a minute. Pause. Because that sounded real crazy, Ryan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. that, sounded, that sounded a little strange. So that's, oh, that's, that's pause. That's pause. On, that. on, a, on a serious note, though, if uh, – if it, if I if I had the shot, I think my two rovers right now rotating in would be Maris Loithal and Ramon Henderson when I'm going to a little bit more of a flex look defensively. Mm-hmm. I'd switch that. I, I mean, right now Maris has done nothing, like nothing. He's been a liability, you know. And I don't want to completely write him off because he's really athletic. Yeah, but I mean, he's gonna have to show me something quick, Ryan. Because yeah, especially with the team, the next two teams that they play. There's, mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my opinion. Thomas K with a super chat. Thank you, Thomas. He goes, the last possession drove me nuts. You can be safe without running up the middle three times. He's referring to um, the offensive series and and agree. Uh, you know, look, even if you want to run it three times, you mm-hmm. know, like run it. Like I think who was it that said earlier, like you know, run a shovel, run a jet, you know, something like that. Run a, you know, and then give you know, Drew a call. Hey, look, man, this first play, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to run a little, uh, you know, we're going to run a little, you know, bootleg action and we're going to throw a slide. If it's not wide open, tuck that sucker up the field and run with it. You know what I mean? 
and or say, hey, look, first down, we're going to run up the middle. If they show us this, if they reduce, then on the second down, we're going to run this and we're going to boot off of it. Something like that, where it's a safe play. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with the sentiment. Josh Phillips says the Hets with a super chat. Thank you, Josh. Bertrand owes Clarence Lewis a five course meal. Sure does. <laughs> that was a really nice play by Clarence. But how about the how about the heads up uh, awareness of Cam Hart? Because Clarence was going to try to run that sucker back. About and did you guys see Cam Hart be like, go down, down. go down? Right. You know what I mean? Which I understand Clarence's design. I mean, you get the ball, you're trying to score, right? But the, it, it, but then the uh, the awareness of Cam to say, "Hey, man, because <laughs> if you fumble this sucker and give them the ball back, go down." Uh, it was big. It was big, mm-hmm. and he's right. He absolutely owes Clarence. So it's a five course meal. He owes the whole defense a five course meal for how that game finished yeah. up. I, I felt so good for Clarence for a second too. I'm like that caps off his good night in the perfect way, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but of yeah. course, yeah, I like Tariq. Cause I, so I didn't see what happened on the the fumble that Tariq ran back because I was looking downfield. Mm-hmm. I just saw Tariq pick it up and run. I saw I could see out of the corner of my eye that the quarterback was getting hit, right? So I could I was looking down the field at the coverage and the routes, and I could see that the quarterback got hit, and then I saw the ball just sputtering, and then I looked over, saw Tariq picking up and running back. So I didn't see what happened, but I was like, man, I thought that would have been a great for the way that Tariq has played the first three games. I was like, that'd have yeah. been really fitting for him to be able to put this game yeah. away with a, with a yeah. fumble return yeah. score. It was yeah. a great. Who was that that got the sack? Was that Justin? That was Jason. Was, I thought that was Justin. I think it was it was Justin. Justin. Was Justin. Yeah, yeah. Justin. They credited Jason in the stat sheet. Yeah, yeah. That, that was Justin. Pretty, yeah. pretty sure it was Justin. Yeah. Was Justin Justin almost had the sack it. on the uh, the um, Justin was there on the uh, safety the almost the borderline safety too as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I believe. And uh, Plummer, smart, being smart, was going down and just threw it underhand just to mm-hmm. get it out of his hand yeah. and not take the sack, but his knee hit the ground before he yeah. got it out. So it looked strange with TV because you couldn't see him shoveling it forward. So okay. it did look like the ball just yeah. came out of the pile, and it looked like a fumble. Like maybe yeah. Justin came up behind, or whoever did it came up behind him and just kind of yeah. knocked it out. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until they showed the replay that you were like, okay, yeah, that's a that's incomplete pass. But I'm glad they ended up – they got that right, Ryan. The refs finally showed up and said, you know, if it's not a fumble, then we're going to call um, intentional grounding, 10-second runoff. Well, and they, they, they didn't even do the intentional grounding. They ruled it a sack. Yeah, his knee yeah was because down. his knee hit the ground. Yeah. They were saying if, if it wasn't a, a fumble – it was right. going to be sack or intentional yeah. grounding if he got it yeah. off. Yeah, well, would have been be- would have been better if it was intentional grounding. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, let's go to the next super chat from Christopher Federico. Why do you think we didn't take a shot at the end zone in the fourth uh, down at the end of the half? Is it because none of the quarterbacks can throw the ball fifty yards downfield? I don't think that's it. I just think everything here's and I, in in defense of the coaches. They were lucky to be down 10 to 7 at halftime. Mm-hmm. That offense, I don't know if you could have a worse offensive performance than what they had in the first half. I mean, I, guys, I went through it. Third and one, first series, false start. That was after your quarterback missed a wide open guy in the flats. Drive number two, you have another play where you, you get minus. You end up punting three and out. Next drive, quarterback misses a wide open guy in the flats. Third and four, false start. Third and nine tight end wide open quarterback just whiffs on him next series 
you get uh, the court you, third and five. Your your best receiver drops a wide open crossing route. Next series, you fumble on the second play of the game or second play of the series. Like they were so lucky to then they follow up with say, look guys, you know let's just not do something stupid where we give them a ball and let them go down and score. Like I, I understand, I, I I am more understanding of that guys than I was of the running it out at the end because the offense was playing well. But at that point, I was like, look, just get out of half, get into halftime down 10, seven. Cause you're lucky to be down 10, seven with the dumb stuff that you were doing this half. So I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but that was kind of my sentiment on that. Like I I can see it guys. I can see him rolling out and then getting hit from behind and the ball goes flying and counts it up and runs a backwards touchdown. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think we should, we should give the coaching staff credit, too, because not only did they probably make a good decision there, they also went into halftime and they had some really good, I think, I think some really good process to figure out what they were going to do coming out of the second half, right? Like, I think they had some, some, some Ryan, good decisions. Ryan, that's a good point. One yeah. of the criticisms, and I'll let you guys speak on this. I'm just going to propose the question. One of the criticisms of the coaching staff the first two games, rightfully so, was – they either didn't make enough adjustments at halftime or the adjustments that they made did not work. I thought both sides of the ball, halftime adjustments were excellent yeah. against what I believe and what Ryan, you and I talked all week. And Sean, I don't know what you guys talked about on your show this week about this, but I think a not super talented Cal team, but a well-coached Cal team schematically on both sides of the ball. And I thought that halftime adjustments on both offensively and defensively really hit all the right notes uh, yep. to, to come out and have success in the second half. Sean, yeah, what are your I thought, thoughts on that? I thought Tedford and Musgrave came out with a really solid game plan, really solid game plan. And I'll give Tommy – I did mention this. I think during the week I said something that I watched in the Cal UNLV game is that they did a really good job of taking Sermon out of the box with their running backs. UNLV did. And I said, I wonder if Tommy's going to see that from a two-watt running back set. And I said, we have the guys that can run a two-running back set. And I did see Tommy use that a couple of times. And Cal kind of adjusted because they expected it, and it wasn't Sermon that went with the running back. Either the safety or the other linebacker went with them, and they kept them in the box. But it still lightened up the box, and Notre Dame was able to go with the run a couple of times and build some momentum. So seeing stuff like that, seeing them pay attention to what other teams are successfully doing to teams the week before and implementing it in their own way and getting it into the game plan. That was something I like. And overall, I just think moving forward, like you talked about the offensive line in the run game. I think there's progression for everyone, right? Because the running backs, I'm sure from the first two games had to be kind of gun shy and couldn't run as hard as they wanted to. And this was the first week they really had room. So now they're like, okay. And if they continue to get room, I think they'll run a little bit quicker and a little bit harder, and you'll see the run game get better week by week. So it's going to be interesting to see the game plans and adjustments going forward. But I agree with you. You know, from an output, of course, they won the game, so it's easy to say they made the right adjustments. I think, sure. Brian, you pointed out last week during the post-show, like they made adjustments in the second half. They just didn't complete the pass or execute right. the play. So as much and as – some of the adjustments I didn't like, yeah, especially defensively, you know, yeah. but, but they did make adjustments. They just yeah. weren't always the right ones. Yeah. So, you know, 
They're going to continue to make adjustments. I trust this staff. I, I you, you pointed out Marcus Freeman. One of the things that I would like to see him do is to forget and maybe winning the first one will relieve some of that pressure because it yeah. seemed like the pressure, you could see it on his face the last two weeks on the sideline. And now that he's won the game, now it's like, okay, just go coach. Just go coach. Be yourself. Be the same charismatic guy that you are everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Be that on the field. Show exuberance. Show excitement. Coach. Encourage your guys. And just go have fun. And then I think if he's having fun and excited, his players will follow, follow suit. So he has always, even as the at Cincinnati, even as the defensive coordinator last year, he has always tried to be stoic on the sidelines. True. And today was, and, and we've had people say like he's emotionless on the sidelines. Like I was, I watched him a lot today in between that. series. This was the most animated I've seen him and not reactionary, but just like up and down the sidelines, talking to the refs. I've never seen him talk to refs this much. I'm like, you know what? That's what a head coach kind of has to do. That's one of your jobs. I mean, the, the pass interference that they called on Cam Hart, I think it was the right call. You know I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, he might not have caught it, but he, Cam kept him from running up the field and maybe being in right. position. He did. But they weren't going to call it. Wilcox ran right to the ref and was like, and, and they got, then the guy pulls his flag out and chucks it, right? Like, we see that happen all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's where I think, you know, I, I want to see some of that stuff. You know, I don't mm-hmm. mind him chewing his quarterback out after yeah, you nope. fumble the ball. Sure what don't. I don't like is when the previous coach was in the quarterback's ear every freaking series. You know, when your quarterback fumbles a snap and that look, he fumbled the snap. That that's you know, th- that was on Drew, in my opinion. 100%. I, I want to see that, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, and, and we had a super chat. I want I'm gonna bring this up, guys, real quick. And, and, yeah, well, and then I'll let you respond. I'll, I'll let you respond to events, but I want you to respond to it in context of the super chat I'm about to bring up. Okay, because I want to address this because I, I understand that people may have difference of opinions on this, and I respect that, but I want us to be able to share ours. Milton fan 15 with super chat. Thank you, Milton fan. He says Really disappointed in the demeanor of Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese and how they yell at players. I'm a vet, so not a stranger to yelling, uh, but a good butt-chewing is intentional. So, Vince, I think this will kind of set up your response a little bit on that. I com- Number one, I completely agree that it was intentional. Number two, it's mm-hmm. not yelling at players. It's yelling at player singular. That You know, we don't well, I think know- he's just saying in general yelling at players. I have zero problem with it because you know why? Because Drew Pine was playing like dog poop. Okay, and he needed he needed a fire lit under his butt. I have no problem whatsoever with them yelling at him. And and to capitalize on what you were just saying, Brian, because you were talking about how you didn't like the previous head coaches getting in the ear of the quarterback. Marcus Freeman, serious. Marcus Freeman made his point with Drew Pine as he was coming off the field. Like, dude, you can't do that. That's right. not okay. Then he let him go talk to Tommy Reese right. on the phone. You know what I mean? Like where the other coach, he would have followed him all yeah. the way. Yeah. As I mean, you can coach, see sometimes like Ever Goldson, especially just like, dude, just I'm trying to walk to the bench. Will you freaking let me walk to the bench? You know what I mean? Yes. As correct. a head coach, you need to let your players know how you feel. Uh, he, he needs to know that's not okay. Of course, he already knows it's not okay, right. but he it's needs to know that it's not okay. And then you right. go let him talk to his position coach, and Marcus Freeman continues to be the head coach at that right. point. I'm sorry, I have no problem with right. him getting yelled at at that point. And and, and here's the thing. It, by the way just gonna say what that did too. tommy reese say tommy reese used curse words at drew pine but he didn't say you're a dumb mf'er 
Right. You're a dumb POS. Didn't he said, him. do your effing job. Right. Yeah. And then start saying, throw the effing flat base, I think is what he said. You know, the seam was effing open. He's that's coaching. Now you may not like his words, right? But he wasn't butt chewing him like Drew, you suck, you're killing us, you're costing us the game. He was saying, do your effing job. This was there. That's there. Right. Get the right. ball out. Right. You know, there's accountability there. And Drew responded to it. Exactly. I mean, because he made the, the throw. So right. And, and as you a know, coach, I, I will say this, Vince, because I want you to respond to this as a coach. I hate when coaches cuss out players. Hate it. Cuss out players. That's different. That's yeah. not a cussing out. That's a cussing at while instructing. This is different. People don't like Harry. He stand in his language, but every time he or here, he stands using curse words. It's mixed around telling you what you did wrong. Correct. Correct. That's different and, than just embarrassing a guy or cussing at a guy. And that correct. that's, I, I, you know, that I could be wrong. And, and, there, and I think there's an, people are allowed to disagree on that, but that's my stance on that. He didn't just well, cuss at him. Right. He was he used swear words while he was coaching and that, okay, right. look, and here's the other thing as a coach, you know, darn well who you can yell at and who you need to father Flanagan, right? right. Who you need to put your arm around yeah. and, you know, tell him it's going to be okay. You know, all that. That's part of coaching is you need to understand how to coach each individual player. Clearly Drew Prine can handle a butt chewing. Okay. Because both Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese gave him one and he responded to it. So that tells me they know their players. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have we seen Marcus Freeman scream at a guy before? I haven't. Not often. Not not right. publicly like the that. way he did. Not in yeah. a game situation right. like that, right? We and you know, granted, we don't have the 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 access to the camera of, of Tommy Reese all the time, but I haven't seen him go postal like that, you know, with anybody over the last three right. years, right? So clearly Drew Pine can handle that. And he responded. I think that's what it comes down to. He responded to it. So I have no problem with it. And and this isn't a shot at Milton fan at all, but if he didn't show any emotion, then there would be people in here saying like, why are you not showing any emotion at all? Like, are you, you're just letting these things happen. You're not holding people accountable. Right. 100%. Not so much Milton. We're not saying you, but that, I mean, that's just how it works. We see that all the time. Yep. You know, I feel, I feel like there's never common ground with it. You know, it's one extreme or the other. Cause like, I agree. Like there's, Look, there's a line that gets crossed yes. right, with that type of stuff. But yeah, I'll absolutely. say this also. I, and this is just me personally, not every, and Vince, you said it perfectly because you're an educator, right? I used to be an educator and I, and you know that kids react to things differently. That's just how it is, right? Like different styles of teaching and getting through to people, right? Coaching. I am a person, I am a, play, a person when I played that I had coaches that were aggressive and like, you know, foul language, all that good stuff. And then I had the other side where I, Ryan, I think you use stoic, right? Like kind of a soft-spoken guy, you know, just more private. Stuff. I always reacted better to the, to the former there, man. Like guys that kind of get in your, get in your ear a little bit. Cause again, I know that that guy cares about me playing I, yeah. well, right? Like I know that I, they I, really and I personally Ryan that. didn't like a guy yelling at me. I didn't like yeah. that. Cause I was a quarterback. I was like, sure. Hey, how about you tell me what I did wrong? Right. Of course, I know I shouldn't hit the linebacker in the chest. Duh. I know that. You know what I mean? Like, what did I miss pre-snap? You know? Um, And look, as a coach, there were times that I feel looking back on my career, I'm like, you know what? I didn't handle that well. I didn't I didn't give that kid what he needed in that moment. And and I reacted out of anger. I reacted out of this or that. I mean, I think every coach looks back. I had a call 
conversation with a coach recently who was talking about, you know, his tenure at a previous place. And he was like, you know, like, I don't think what was said about me was correct, but you know what? I, I, I don't, I wish I would have acted differently in, in a lot of different times. Then we all should have that at times as coaches. And you say, you know what? I, I should have handled this differently. This kid needed love at that time. I didn't ask enough what was going on with this kid of why he wasn't locked in every day at practice, you know? And like, like you said too, Vince, I had, I had two receivers and they're two of my favorite kids. And I had a kid who a receiver named curfew spate at CNU great kid. And his dad was literally like a drill sergeant. And I swear to you, curfew did not know how to respond to normal talk as a player. Like it it just, for whatever reason, like it just didn't quite register when I just, you know, then I had another kid uh, whose name I, I won't mention, but, he was, he didn't like being yelled at. He got real, like almost kind of like, you know, uh, you know, like he wanted, he was, he was going to really get angry and then he would just shut off and it wasn't anything you were going to say. And I had to handle him differently. And, and the kid that I was easier on yelling wise asked me after I left that school, he said, why did you treat me differently than you treated curfew and George? And I said, because every time I jumped on you, you went in, you didn't, you didn't respond well to that. And I said, what you'll learn as a coach is you treat every kid fairly. You mm-hmm. don't treat every kid the same. A- equity and, versus equality. Right. right. Exactly. It's, is, I'm going to treat all of you fairly. I'm going to do what I got to do to get the most out of you. I'm going to be right. honest with you and all that kind of stuff. But if you need your butt chewed to hear me, then I'm going to chew your butt when you need to hear me. If, if you're someone who I noticed does not handle that type of criticism well, then it's my job to say, this is a 19-year-old. I'm an adult. It's my job to make sure I'm figuring out what works for him, right? And we all learn that. And for me, with, with Drew Pine, I think Drew in that moment needed that. Wake the heck up, dude. Right. Why did he killing us it? right now. Why did he need it, Brian? We have to be fair as well. Mm-hmm. Because they had tried to... Come on, Drew. Sure. With sure. the first series. And they had tried in the second Come series, on, in the third the series, series, in the third fourth series. series. And you yeah. get here in the second quarter and you can't handle a snap and right. you give them a short field. Okay. Now, now you got to get on you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like they tried that approach to come. It's not like it was on the first series after he right. missed the first flat cut, right? Like, right. you know, it was after several. Like, dude, you're killing us right now. You're killing us right you now. Know? Single-handedly, right. you are killing right. the offense right now. Right. But Milton fan, we're we're we're. I appreciate the fact that you stepped up and said that because I do think it's it's a good conversation piece because yeah. every butt chewing is not appropriate, right? And every butt chewing is not you know that involves curse words is not inappropriate. It's circumstance related, player related, and are you coaching or not? That's my whole thing is. If you're using a lot of curse words, I mean, look, I cussed a lot as a coach, and regrettably so. If I could go back and do it all over again, my volume would have been the same, but my words would have been different. I don't, I'm not like the fact that I was that way, and I don't defend coaches that way because I was that way. I wish I wasn't that way. Uh, I wish I found a better way to communicate, even in frustration. However, it doesn't bother me as long as it's involved in coaching. And one of the reasons I didn't like Brian Van Gorder is because when he would chew players out or curse at them, it was insulting. There wasn't any coaching being done. It was humiliating. And I'm never a fan of you humiliating a player. And telling the guy to do your effing job, hit the effing seam throw, the guy's effing open in the flats, that's not humiliating him. That's chewing his butt. 
Exactly. Saying you freaking suck and this is why your girlfriend doesn't love you is humiliating him. And I've known coaches that have done that before at Notre Dame. That if this is why your mother doesn't love you, right? Like I'm dead serious. And that's what that's I'm going to punch you in the face, right? That's not coaching. That's being an a-hole. And I don't think Tommy Reese was being an a-hole then. I think he was coaching. Does his mom probably wish he wouldn't have used the F word? I'm sure. You know what I mean? Does Drew Pine's mom wish he didn't use the F word? I'm sure. But if I know Drew Pine at all, I don't think that bothered him. If anything, it's like, you know what? Coach is pissed. You know what I mean? Drew Pine's mom was in the stands, like, rubbing her forehead the entire game, especially <laughs> in the first half. And she, they well, kept she's showing her. Oh, mom, right? So she had yeah. an older son that played at Brown. Her yep. dad played college football. She's probably thinking, true. So the <laughs> FMC is open. Drew, the team. Like, so you have some job, Drew. Same thing. His mom is an awesome lady. Yeah. Like when you guys remember my mom got really sick and had to have that surgery. I've never talked to Mrs. Pine ever, ever. And she was one of the first people to reach out to me and told me she was praying for me. It was going to church to pray for my mom and reached out many times to check in and see how my mom was. Doing. She doesn't know me. Nice. Like she doesn't know anything. She, I've never talked to her before. I've only talked to Drew a couple of times. So she's an awesome lady. I'm a big fan of Mrs. Pine. But knowing her and like she's the fact that she's a football mom, the way that she is, her oldest mm-hmm. son was a linebacker, I believe. I'm pretty sure she's her sons yeah, have had their butts chewed a few times. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm sure her sons have had their butts chewed a few times. Yeah. Gonna right. Exactly. They're going to be all right. So, yeah, he comes from a really good family. Like I have a lot of respect for the Pines. I really do. And and that and I'll say it now because it's like, you know, way in the in the past. But yeah, she's a I she gained a lot of respect for me. And, and it was never asking, hey, write a good story about Drew. It was never anything like that. Hey, I read a story about Drew. It's awesome. I'm gonna care about your mom. Just just kind of the lady she is. So I appreciated that very, very much. All right, here we go. Uh British boy, uh excuse me, Bry Irish boy. I thought that was a T. Uh, Bry Irish boy, uh, five dollar or with a super chat. Excuse me. How many? How many more games before we lose? I'm, I'm all screwed up here, guys. How many more games before we lose Michael Mayer to draft preparation? His frustration is obvious. He's not going. That's anywhere. the one. That's the one we were referring to earlier. I just wanted to bring it up and, and thank him for that. But yeah, I don't yeah. see that happening. I don't. Yeah, I don't see that being the case either. I will have completely misread Sean. I will have completely misread Michael Mayer's character if yeah. that happens. Completely yeah. have misread it. Yeah, but if it happens, I'm cool with seeing more holding stays at Eli Reardon. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. I don't that, see it happening. There's either. nothing about Michael Mayer that makes me think that. Bowl right. game, yes. And, and honestly, at this point in time, like, I get it for bowl yeah. games, right? right whatever. Yo, Mike, Michael I like Mayer, it, I get it. Michael Mayer, after he missed him on the scene route, went to the sideline yeah. and walked up to Drew like, dude, mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah. Like, man, let's get it together. So by the time Marcus Freeman said something to him, it was like, okay. And and Drew doesn't even need anyone to do it. You know he's mad at himself. But sometimes you need that wake-up call a little bit. Yeah, he had a a little residue from the spring game left over. He had to knock that off. There's a super chat in there towards the bottom, Brian. If you want to grab that, it talks about what we're talking about. That way we can just kind of wrap up this conversation. Uh, Uh, For Milton fan? Sean S., Oh, Sean S. 
There we go. Uh, says I texted him this Sunday and said I want you to be hard on me. I responded well to his hard coaching. Drew Pine post game per Fortuna, per Matt Fortuna. So he 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 obviously somebody asked him about it. He's like, look, I respond well to hard coaching. Clearly, right. the coaches know their players. That's what I'll say. Sure. I didn't see that quote, so I can't. I won't respond to that. But if that's what he said, then sure. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, did Drew go into a shell? No. But again, I, I, you know, he said uh, Milton fan nineteen says seems out of characteristic stress for Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese uh, not caring. So I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Bright Irish boy with a super chat. Thank you for that one as well. Marist always flies at the end of the play. He n- he's never flown in to make a play. Am I wrong? Well, not, not never, but it's not often enough. <laughs> but again, I think that's because he's often late to respond and read what the play is. But so, once he decides to run, he is impressive. It's just he's often the last guy to figure it out. Yeah. So... I was going to say something insulting. It was going to sound insulting, but I really didn't mean it to be. I have to tell you guys after the show. Uh, Fighting Irish with a super chat. Thank you. Sean is right. I'm no coach, but I have eyeballs. Lewis bald today. Cam has become a liability in our secondary. Thankfully, Plumber Plumbers passes off the mark. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, a liability. liability is kind of harsh. He was a yeah. liability maybe because of his hamstring, but he's not a liability. In the Ohio State game, he got beat twice early, but he didn't get beat right. again after that. Not you know? liability. That's, that's taking yeah. a little. Bit. Not today. Not today. I thought he, I thought he played poorly. I actually thought last week was his worst game. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he played very poorly last week, but I thought today. I mean, again, a couple mistakes, but I thought overall. I mean, look, you got to judge a guy on what he does an entire game. Now, those big plays stand out, but Cam had a sure. lot of really good plays, including some, you know, really tight coverage at the end of the game as well. Yeah, and I think Coach in the Sean. first quarter. I forget it was a ball that a plumber threw that when he let it go, I literally thought Cam was going to pick it off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, and Cam, you could tell, I don't think he's 100%, but he's playing much better and broke on the ball much better than he's been breaking on the ball the first two games. Right. As soon as the receiver caught the ball, he was there to make the tackle. But it was one of those throws where if he's right, it's like, oh man, that's either a pass breakup or a pick the other way. Yeah, right. So he's he's Sean, he looked a lot that. more confident in his hamstring today. He looked a lot more explosive on his plant drives today. That's, and I don't know if it, that showed up on film, uh, but that's something that I noticed today. I did a lot tighter in coverage against guys. What I felt is the most athletic second receiving core they've faced up to this point once Jackson Smith and Jigba went out, in my opinion, right. You get our uh, Ohio State's still probably better. I'll take that back, but much closer to Ohio State than Marshall was. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, much better receiving core this week than last week. Much better receiving core this week than last week. Once again, the Marshall game to me, fellas, wasn't about Marshall, man. Yeah, that was about Notre Dame. That and this week, it wasn't about Cal, it's about Notre Dame. Just play. Do what you're supposed to do and be fundamentally sound, and you're better than the majority of the teams on your schedule. It's that simple. If you take away the two interceptions and the pick six, Notre Dame might still beat Marshall. That's how much better they are than Marshall last week, mm-hmm. that they played that bad and still had a chance to win that game. Right. 
That shows you how much better they are. And then you watch Marshall go out and lose to Bowling Green this week, and you understand, like, yeah, they 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 played really bad last mm-hmm. week. They just played bad. And moving forward, if they play, if they play with progression like they played this week and get better next week, they'll Good beat call. North Carolina. Good yeah. call. They'll beat them. Yes. If Notre Dame plays their game, they will not lose another game until – leading into the Clemson game, they won't lose another game. If they play their game, Sean, to your point. Unfortunately, we haven't seen them come close to playing their game yet. No. Yes. No. Yes. So a lot, lot of work to be done. Another super chat from Tyler Evans. Mr. Davis, that would be you, Sean, this guy right here. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the LL podcast, and that made my day. Thanks again. Oh, Tyler. Okay. That's what's up, Tyler. Glad to have you, my man. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Really Q uh, with Super Chat Styles has the same total receptions as all the other receivers combined through three games as the issue with separation reads or something else. It's a little bit of everything. I, don't, I mean, I think guys are getting open. Styles is Styles has played a lot of. Um, I mean, he's been a lot of. The, he's been the primary receiver in a lot of routes. Number one, uh, he's caught a lot of short stuff. He's had the you know the shovels were going to him until today where they went to Lindsey. Uh, and I think part of it is other than Braden Lindsey, there's not another receiver on the roster that's played well so far. And Braden Lindsay's had some good moments and some not good moments, but nobody else has really done anything at this point in time at receiver, yeah. in my opinion. Like nothing. So that's part of it too. Is just the other Jaden Thomas hasn't done a whole lot. Matt Salerno's had a, a play, you know, made a play against Ohio State. He hasn't right. done anything else other than that. And, and honestly, they haven't really played Salerno a whole lot. And that's no, I mean, he hasn't I'm played okay. a ton of snaps. Right. But he's, okay. he gets targeted when when he gets the ball. And I'm okay think- now. Like Vince, that's rolls fine with you, right? <laughs> Hundred percent. As I was going to say, that's the role he should have. He's a guy you yeah. can trust. He's going to line up correctly. He's going to, you know, do some different things. I don't know how many snaps he had today. My guess would be about six to eight. Well, okay. I mean, he got five. like three at the very end of the game. And that when they went thirteen personnel, they put him in the game. So he definitely got okay. three at the very end for sure. Okay, but yeah, but again, yeah. he wasn't. He clearly wasn't 
you know, a, a focal point of the game plan the way it seemed like he was earlier, you know, against even like then, he only he only played eight snaps against Ohio State and got two there targets. Go. I mean, you know there what I mean? Go. Like it's not it just they were big moments, and then of yeah. course he makes a great play on one and gets a pass interference on the other. But people are making it yeah. seem like he was playing 50 snaps a game. And like, no, that's actually Jaden Thomas playing that much. And you're like, wow, he played that much. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. So uh <laughs> that's me. That's that's Brian little slide dig right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Milton fan 15. Oh, sorry. We already read that one. John Monty with a super Hello. chat. He got a couple super chats. John appreciate you. And John also had a question. He said, I'm happy. I was or a comment. I was happy for the secondary. I thought they played pretty good today. Love your show guys. Go Irish. John, thank you very, very much for the kind words, but thank yeah, you. I'll tell you what that's, I mean, guys, is there a, is there a, a position group that's played better on offense or defense, take away the special teams. All three games, right? Is there any – just if you take all the three games cumulative, is there a position group that has played better than what the secondary has played in the first three games? Because I don't think – the I think the answer is no, and I don't think it's close. It's not close. It's no, not close. Because no. I didn't think the front seven played that well against Ohio State. I thought the secondary was excellent in that game after the first couple series. Right. right. Excellent. I thought the secondary was okay last week. I thought they were really good again today with a couple of exceptions on some moments where you got to, you got to, you got to be more locked in, right? If the refs blow the whistle dead, then they blow the whistle dead, but you got to line up and play. That's a coaching thing that they'll correct. It's so funny that we spent all off season talking about everyone's freaking out about the secondary and special teams. And those are the yeah. things we're not worried about right now. It's just That's so right. funny. By far the two best parts of this yeah. football team. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy, man. It's By nuts. far, which is just wild. If, if I, there's so many things like if I would have told you this at the beginning of the year, you would have been like, <laughs> Oh, that, you know, you would have had completely different takes. Uh, anyway, it's very interesting. We have a super chat here from Milton fan again. What's the cause of lack of cohesion, identity, coaching, and experience or leadership? Glad to see Chris Tyree finally getting reps. What the heck took so long? That's one thing I looked at Vince at halftime and I was like, I was glad they're finally getting Chris Tyree involved in the game plan. My question is, why did it take them to start 0-2 to figure that out? Right, and 80,000 people and then however many were in the press box were all like, why is Chris Tyree not getting touched? Like It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, and I don't know if it was because Logan Diggs was injured. I don't think so, but not injured, but sick. He was under the weather. He was, you know, he was actually just sick. Right. It looked intentional. Like the way that they were getting him the ball in the first half, it looked intentional, Vince. It didn't look like, oh, Logan's sick. Let's get Chris. I just wanted to throw that out there, but like it, it was very intentional. It was very clear. I liked the rotate. I honestly, I liked the two running back rotation. I did. And I thought that they held up just fine. You know, you can all, you can throw a third back in there at times. But I was very impressed. I thought those two did a really good job. I thought Chris Tyree answered the bell, which was fantastic. Yeah. And Audric's second half as the hammer it worked yeah. out really well. Yeah. I think, Milton, I think the, the first part of your question, I think it's a lot of those things. I think it's lack of leadership so far. Um, and I think it's not handling adversity well. I don't think this team handled losing to Ohio State well. And they did not show up to Marshall. And when things didn't go well early against Marshall, they didn't respond to it. And, and uh, you know, but they did today. They responded to the latest batch of adversity well. In my Better, better. They responded yeah. better. Uh, Tyler Evans also said with Super Chat, we ran screens. And and screens that I honestly didn't think were going to work against this Cal team. They did. Screens and, yeah. 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 Yep. 
Yep. I have a super chat from TJ Fallon. TJ says, good win, a lot to improve on. Who did Ben Morrison start over today? Eli looks extremely good as a run blocker. Don't know why he doesn't play more. Agree? Good question. Well, part of it is, part of with Eli, in fairness, Eli didn't get fully cleared until like the week of Ohio State, if right. my under, if I'm under. Because you know, remember, he tore his ACL in December. Right. And and you also you're, he's probably still a little bit in limit your reps phase. Yeah. So I'm going to defend the staff a little bit on that one. I don't know if they could have played him the Kevin Bauman snaps the first couple games, honestly. So I think he's still working up to that. So I'm going to defend them a little bit on that one. Just and just because I, you know, again, we do know that he didn't get cleared. And Kane Barong didn't get fully cleared until like the last two weeks. So that's been part of it as well, fellas, also. Yeah. So, if but, he, uh, if Eli is this good of a blocker already with, with how athletic he is, man, he's yeah. going to be a stud, though. That's oh, yeah. It's going to be oh, a yeah. stud. And then to answer the first part of your question, I believe it was Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison and Tariq Bracey on the field at the beginning. I think I think they started in the nickel. I have to go back and look at that, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's how they started today. Um, yeah, so well, you have to I have to look at that one again. So, uh, guys, th- that's the end of the super chats. But uh, can we just talk for a minute about college football today? Like, have you guys looked at the like? Have you? I, I just like during the show, I was looking at scores, and there were some in really weird scores. Are you guys watching what Missouri State is doing to Arkansas right now? It's insane, man. It's no, Arkansas tied it up, and, and Missouri State has scored ten unanswered points. They're up twenty-seven seven. No, Arkansas just scored to make it twenty-seven twenty-four. But yeah, they're up twenty-seven. That's where Bobby Petrino's the head coach there, former yes. Arkansas head coach. Yep. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. Uh, let's see here. You've got uh, NC State's taking it to Texas Tech. I, I got stuck. Washington is blasting Michigan State right now. And what hey. did I say, fellas? Wa- Michigan State's pass defense is no better than it was last year. They just didn't play anybody. And Michael yeah. Penix, it, there is there's 10 minutes left in the third quarter. 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Michael Penix is 20 of 27 for 346 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> Brian, you met, you missed the big news of the day, though. Iowa is leading Nevada 17 to nothing. Iowa scored 17 points today, my friend. Well, they're still a touchdown away from the spread, which still doesn't make any sense to me. Florida is beating South Florida 24 to 21 in the third quarter. Third quarter, Pitts beating Western Michigan 13 to six. That's a weird score. Uh, UTSA, I had I was stuck between two upset picks today. I went with UTSA over Texas. UTSA was up 10 nothing to start. It's now 17-17 at halftime. Uh, oh. But Kansas, guys, yep. uh, Lance Leopold, if, if Nebraska doesn't throw the bank at Lance Leopold, they should fire everyone involved <laughs> in making decisions on football. Yeah. Right? Like, the guy turned Buffalo into a bowl team. First of all, he won, like, what, five national championships at Wisconsin-Whitewater. Yep. Goes to Buffalo and turns them into a bowl team. Now he's got not only does he have Kansas three and zero fellas, but Kansas is three and zero with wins over road wins over an AAC team that began the year ranked in the top twenty five, and then a road win at West Virginia. They beat Houston today forty eight to 30. Kansas is three and zero fellas. That's great. And they beat Houston in West Virginia. Sean Styers is dancing in the street right now. He was yep. just texting. About his his Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah. All right. Well, and that was his upset pick for the week. That was his upset pick for the well, week. I mean, he went to Kansas, so it's a little bit cheating, but whatever. He's in a <laughs> yeah. lot. 
I'm proud. And, uh, your boy Mike Elko is three and zero. So uh, they beat uh, North Carolina A and T today. Beat Northwestern last week, and I'm sorry, it's petty of me, but I thoroughly enjoyed when I saw that that Northwestern lost at home to the Southern, Southern the Salukis, baby. Did you see? Did you did you see the quarterback for Southern Illinois? His name is Nick Baker, and he is five foot nine. Are you literally? No, I'm hundred percent. No, 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 seriously, five nine. He went twenty three of thirty four today for two hundred forty one yards and three touchdowns. He's a great FCS quarterback. He's a great FCS quarterback. He's still five nine. Yep, and also ran for a touchdown. Come on, baby, that is hilarious. And the streets of Chicago are happy because there's nothing better that. Than Pat Fitzgerald being on the hot seat, and my my picks today were good except for one exception. Holy Auburn! <laughs> I don't Auburn's know why terrible, you don't. Man. I don't know why it's you believe in TJ. Because well, I just wasn't. It's not that I believed in TJ Finley. It's I just thought they could slow down Penn State's run game, and I, no. I've just not been impressed with Penn State. But holy crap, Sean! Well, I Sean. know Nick Singleton, but who who's uh, Ryan number thirteen? The running they back for two for five today. They literally have three really good running backs. Oh, and, they and do. By and the way, three. by the yeah. way, the two running backs today that led them in rushing, I just want to point out, are both true freshmen. Virginia. <laughs> so crazy, they combined for 176 yards on 19 carries. Uh, it was Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, both Katron freshmen. Allen. But see, I don't way. think, honestly, honestly – Brian, our freshman probably would have been getting a lot of tick if he didn't tear his Achilles. That's, that's at that position. Well, I'm just talking about with with Tobias Merriweather is yeah. is my issue. Yo, know, Jadaren would be playing as a runner. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, well, I would hope so because the stuff we heard about how good he was in the spring, we also heard in the summer and fall camp about Tobias Merriweather and took him three games to get him on the field. But man, it's true. Yeah, true. Here's a question. Crazy scores today. The, and Jeff Brian... Collins is done at Georgia Tech. Dude, if you well, take I, another I, shot at me, I swear I'm going to go off. No, I wasn't. I <laughs> promise. I was, I was going to say, uh, is Brian Harson going to make it to the end of the season no. for Auburn? That's no. my question. No. Ryan, seriously, yeah. you can't lose that bad to a Big Ten team. With the way SEC yeah. fans feel about the Big Ten, right or wrong, yeah. you can't get embarrassed like that. Like, you can't get embarrassed like that, guys. Why, why did you assume I was going to take another shot at you? Because you just have this way of like setting me up for like, hey, Brian. And then yeah. there's going to be some kind of insult coming afterwards. <laughs> hey, Brian, so, LA kicking a last second field goal to beat South Alabama. Did they insane, really? Man. It's insane. Wow. Did you see, did you see Wake Forest beat Liberty 37 36? So did they go for two? Is that what happened? I don't know. Because it was 37 30, I saw. Because uh, I was kind of had that, in the, and then Liberty made it 37 36, and I didn't see like what happened. I'm actually going to go look and see what happened if they went for two. Yeah, they went for two. They 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 scored. Liberty scored with a minute and 11 left, and they went for two to win it and didn't get it. Hmm. And that's, that's how Wake Forest won. For it. Go so, I mean, might as well on the road, you know, underdog. You know what? For a team like Liberty, I got no problem with that. Man. You're not stopping Wake Forest in overtime. Right? No. Come on. I got no problem with it. I, I don't know what the play call was. Maybe I might question the play call, but you know, whatever. I, I think the uh I think the play is fine. So yeah, guys, weird day of college football. Arkansas just went back on top 31 24. 
but now Missouri has it first and 15 in Arkansas territory with nine minutes left in the half. So yeah. uh, I feel like there's a lot of with Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas six. got the, yeah. Arkansas got the lead back on a punt return for an eighty yard, eighty two yard punt return for a touchdown. And K, they were down seventeen nothing at one point in time. Arkansas was KJ Jefferson, fellas. Today is dealing. Mm. He is he is seventeen and twenty eight for three hundred sixty two yards. Mm. So he is dealing today. So wild day of college football. This has been a very strange, entertaining start to the season. There's been a lot of weird stuff for the first three games, guys, and I don't quite know why, but there has been some really re- – feels like the 2007 season. Yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt. There's no doubt, Tyler. Absolutely. And we also have a super chat from Re- Relly Q. Freeman looked like he had re- he had to remind himself to enjoy the victory in the postgame presser because he already wants to get back and fix things. I love it. I Good. agree with that. Yeah. Good. That's yeah. how you want it to be. Hey, this ain't about me getting my first win. We got we got some goals in front of us. So it's about what we got to yeah. get done. I like that. Right. Yeah, I, I like it. You know, I. Yeah, I, I liked the post game press conference. I actually liked his Monday press conference. I want a head coach that looks upset when the team's not playing well. I don't want him to be in there like everything's fine. We're good. You know, keep doing what we're doing. I want him to be a little pissed off. Tells me he cares and tells me he wants to figure out a way to fix it. And for the most part, they did. So it's it was an interesting day. So, guys, that is going to do it for today's show. I really appreciate all of you. Uh, oh, Syracuse beating Purdue today as well, oh, by the way. Purdue, I got to watch that game because Purdue did I see the final? To go. And Say that again. Purdue scored with less than a minute to go. Uh-huh. Goes down and scores with like five seconds to go. So that's a weird score because – we were watching that in the press box fence. And for like most of the game, I remember it being like a really low scoring game. Yeah. They scored 42 points in the fourth quarter combined. Yeah. I thought Sean for a second, Sean, I thought it went in overtime. No, like I thought it was like a 15, 15 game and went in overtime. But yeah, they scored Syracuse hit 22 and Purdue hit 20. Yeah. What happened? They scored Purdue scored with like a minute 15 said with like Vince said, but they got two personal foul penalties. Yes. Oh. On, on that play, they ended up yeah. kicking from their own, like, t- 15 or something like that. And yeah. Syracuse got the ball at the 50-yard line with, like, yeah. a minute left. Wow. And scored with, like, seven seconds left. You could just call the ball, just started talking trash to the fan. Like, and then he talked trash on the point after attempt and got another one. So it dumb. was crazy. So dumb. Yeah, that's the second game Purdue choked away. Syracuse had a twenty-five to fifteen lead with eight minutes left. Purdue scored it with six forty-one. Charlie Jones has been quite the find for Purdue this year. So yes, Iowa's offense is that bad. Yeah, and then the, yeah, fifty-one seconds left. They scored. Wow. Look, look who uh, look who the leading receiver was today for this for Syracuse. A blast for the pass name. Gatson, a Ronde Gatson, wow. Ronde Gatson Jr. Are we really yeah. that old that a Ronde yeah. Gatson's got a kid yeah. playing college football? Yeah, I thought Ryan was hitting me with some like sixth year senior that we heard from like five yeah. years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Like, no. you know, like Caleb LeBorn last week. Ryan. Or something. Huh? Caleb, yeah, he ran a really good route on the winning touchdown. Really? Wow. Yeah. Nah, Brian, it wasn't like a uh, what, what was it? C.J. Holmes is playing for yeah. like Kent State or something. Exactly. <laughs> I said it the other day. <laughs> Oh, did he hit him on a corner route, Sean? I'm watching yeah. that now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Well, right. I would, I would, I mean, the kid's probably like been working on route running since he could walk, 
You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> With his pops, I would imagine. If, if, he's, if he's got his dad's wow. hands, then yeah. Yeah, because it was 9-3 to three in the second half when I kind of tuned out because we were getting kind of close to Notre Dame kickoff time. Mm-hmm. And I saw the final, and I just I was like, wow, how did that – how the heck did that happen? But, yeah, that's a wild, wild, wild day of college football, fellas. And it looks like it could get crazier because there's a lot of weird – there's some really interesting games going on right now. Games. Arkansas's up four. Texas Tech just scored to make it a two-touchdown game. Um, Michigan State somehow got into fourth and 30. They're about to give the ball back to them. And Western <laughs> Michigan just scored to make it 13 to 12, felt with a minute 30 in the third quarter against Pitt. Wow. So, Ronde, yeah. Ronde, Ronde Gadsden's son is 6'5, 216 pounds. Oh. Wow. I don't remember Ronde Gadsden being that big. How big was I think, he? I think, I think he was like 6'3. Yeah, really? really? Yeah. I think he was tall. Yeah. My son's interesting. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, quite a day, fellas. And ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate all of you. Macy K, we don't know where you've been, man. We are glad to see you back. Macy K tells you guys exactly what you need to know. Join the message board, everybody. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Share this podcast. Leave a five-star review. Visit the IB store for the best merch. And as always, go Irish. And remember, tomorrow, 7 p.m., Vince and I are going to dive into the film it's going to be ugly, but it's a lot more fun to watch ugly film when your team got the W. And so today they got the W. So we will be back tomorrow, 7 p.m. for the Upon Further Review. Monday, 1 o'clock p.m., these two cats down here, Sean and Ryan, will be together. Uh, they will obviously talk about how things went recruiting-wise this weekend and talk about this wild weekend of college football a little bit further. Uh, so, uh, guys, good weekend. Good weekend. Got that W. A lot to improve upon, but there's there, this team – Showed me a little something today, no doubt about it. So, uh, Sean, Ryan, Vince, thank you guys so much for joining me today on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.